passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joy Christopoulos with my co-host, Corey Wooten. But first, today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. Football is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. It's got a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device right now to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive that bonus football basketball boxing mlb playoffs right down to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports bet online when the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you for coming into the pod we got a lot to talk about today it's a bears raiders week five preview but first i got to bring in my co-host He's a former Chicago Bears defensive end, Fox 32, Chicago's, and man, he's my co-host, Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? Joey, what's up, my man? How you doing on this great Wednesday night? I'm feeling fantastic. It's October. The leaves are starting to change colors. The football season is, I guess, a quarter of the way through. The Bears are 2-2, two and two. and Corey, we got to get to it, man. We got to talk about some news here real quick that just came down the pipe. Yeah. So here's how it went. The Bears beat the Lions on Sunday. On Monday, Matt Nagy comes out and says that Andy Dalton, we're working through his injury. We're working through his health right now. On Tuesday, Andy Dalton is still our starter. And then on Wednesday, Corey, Justin Fields is our starter. It's <laughs> happening. I love I love that. I love that. This should this should have this should have happened right right after he got drafted. I, I had been calling for it the whole time. And Hey, I, I understand the apprehension, um, but it just showed Bill Lazor as the and there should have been an announcement about Bill Lazor, honestly, right? Yes. Being being the coordinator, he didn't mention anything about that. That should have been, hey, Justin Justin Fields is our guy, our starter from now on. Bill Lazor is going to be calling the plays as the coordinator. You know, he did a great job on Sunday. We didn't we didn't hear any mention about that. Maybe maybe he's, maybe he's a little salty about it. Honestly, yeah. I, I think it could be a situation like that, but. This, this should have happened right when he got drafted, right? I told you, you don't trade up for somebody, somebody that has the type of talent he has, game-breaking ability, and sit him on the bench. You know, you game plan around him. And look what Laser was able to do on Sunday, right? In just a week of time, right? He, he got him comfortable. He, Justin Fields was, was in situations in the gun, you know, that, that are, those RPOs, um, you know, those hard play actions set up the run and pass like it was such a good ratio it was it was beautiful to see because this is how it always should have been right <laughs> a, a run first team that sets up the, the pass right and then as he gets more comfortable then you open up the playbook because as the season goes on if laser continues to call the plays like this we're going to see justin fields really flourish because it's going to open up things right and we're going to see we're going to see him you know, hopefully finish the season his rookie season like justin herbert did for San Diego in his first season. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking for that type of progress over the season from Justin Fields. And I think it all comes down to play gone. We're going to have a lifetime to litigate and question, you know, Andy Dalton's 10 million, Nick Foles is 4 million this year. That's $14 million. Could have maybe kept a Kyle Fuller, maybe kept a Charles Leno. You know, that's all that stuff that we can kind of look, look back on and always criticize the Ryan Pace aspect of this for the Matt Nagy. Let's just do it right now so that we can turn the page and move forward into the weekend and start focusing on Bears Raiders and how they can maybe get a win in week five. You tell me, Corey, I'm going to give you three options here in terms of what happened with this 180 here. So the first option is 
this came from Ryan Pace, or this came from Virginia McCaskey. Maybe she came up and grabbed Nagy by the ear and said, play the kid or something. The first one is, did this come from maybe, in your opinion, something from the front office? Number two, did this come from a situation of, man, maybe they put on that tape and maybe they talked to Bill Lazor. And I'm not saying Bill Lazor has huge sway in the locker room, but you know they looked at the tape, matched it with what Bill Lazor, who's not going to be the play caller, wants to do moving forward. And they said, this is a Justin Fields thing you know, moving forward. Or was Matt Nagy visited by three ghosts last night, and by dawn he realized the error of his ways? You know, it just it just happened really quickly, man. I mean, this was yeah. this was kind of came out of nowhere just a little bit based on what he made in comments in previous press conferences the last two days. So, what do you think happened? I I, I think it's a combination of of Ryan Pace being in his ear saying like, "Hey, listen, this this okay. is the guy I picked. This is the guy you picked," um, and being with Bill Lazor and. And just talking about stuff, they probably just said, hey, Justin Fields, give us the best chance to be an explosive offense. And, and that's what you want to see from Chicago Bears, right? Because for so long, the offense has been non-explosive, boring, people have called it. And what we saw, and, and it wasn't even a great offensive performance, but it was fun and exciting to watch, right? Yes. I think everybody was tuning in, not only because of what happened the week prior against the Browns, they want to see how they're going to bounce back. And then with a the new play caller in there, how, how was it going to be? And it was a completely different offense. You talk about two consecutive drives driving down there with, with, with a great run-pass combo in there. It was just incredible to see. So I think it was a combination of pace and laser saying, like, listen, this is the best chance for us to win. And I, I think Matt and Nagy realized that, you know, because what they were doing with Andy Dalton, that could work for a couple games, maybe against a Bengals. Or, but when you start getting into better opponents, you know, team, teams are going to make a run – for the, in the playoffs or for Super Bowl, you have to have some explosion in the offense. And that doesn't mean always, you know, having 500 yards of total offense. It means have, having that option when you have a quarterback that's a complete game breaker that can, that can beat you with his feet and beat you throwing the ball. And some of those throws, like I said, that one throw that he had to um, Allen Robinson in there where he, where he threaded the needle in there, mm -hmm. that is a, a Hall of Fame type of throw right there. And that's what he's capable of. You just see how much more comfortable he was this week, you know, last week against the Lions compared to the week before against the Browns. It was night and day. And that all comes down to play calling. So I think they realized, like, listen, this is the guy that we drafted, and he's going to play from here on out no matter what. And, and I think that's a good call. And, hey, it, it took some, you know, nudging on the ear to, to get him to admit it. But, hey, better late than never, right? <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And look, five completions for 172 yards. I mean, it went for miles, right? I mean, just based on that performance last week and, and all these points that you're bringing up too of checking the boxes of Justin Fields of look at the way that he just in general bounced back after a horrific Cleveland Browns performance by the entire team when maybe he could either blame himself, maybe he could question himself. You know, is am I not ready for the league? Is it too fast for me? Well, he came back. And he just looked like the same dude. I mean, didn't really look like anything different. He just came back and played his game and found a little bit of success. And you know what else is ironic about this is we look back. The road was meandering. It was confusing. It was frustrating. Maybe some Bears fans got angry along the way, but we're heading into week five. We're two and two. I think most Bears fans probably would have said the Bears are going to be two and two heading into week five against the Raiders. I personally thought that Justin Fields, per Andy Dalton's health, would be the starter by week four. So it's Justin Fields, week five. We're two and two. Let's go, man. The rest of the season is right there in front of these Chicago Bears to make something happen. As a former player, what do you think is going on in that locker room, especially on the defensive side? You know, are these guys, is there a little extra pep in the step now that we know what the plan is, the course has been set, and now it's just let's roll and get better? There, there definitely is. And, and I think a guy like Justin Fields reinvigorates that locker room, what he's able to do. And, and as a defensive guy, you know, when you have some time and, and offenses sustaining drives out there, you're able, you're able to watch in amazement. Like I remember, you know, watching against a guy like, like Michael Vick early on in my career when I, when I was inactive, like you, you watch a guy like that and you're like, you're just wooed and wowed by what he can do out there. You know, he can reverse the field, come this way, come that way. You know, you have to bring an extra rusher. You got to bring two extra rushers. You got a spy guy. And that's the effect of Justin Fields. So I know these guys are reinvigorated watching him. And especially when, just like the Bears did last week, they sustained drives, two good first drives. It really gets the crowd into it. And then on defense, you know, at your home stadium, 
you feel you feel great about everything. The crowd's rocking. Then you're able to get a three and out. You know, you're able to you're able to hold them scoreless for you know most of the first half. And then that gets in a situation where you're ready to go. I, I think people want to see him succeed. You know, he seems like a very down to earth, humble guy. I think he has the whole locker room. And that's great to see from such a young guy because I didn't feel the same way with Trubisky. Like I, I you know, I, I never knew exactly how people felt, but you know, you can kind of just get a pulse about how people feel. Yeah, if I can say sometimes it's like just being like, he's a nice guy you know when someone sort of says like the that gives you the compliment but it's kind of just sort of falls short of maybe like a sincerity or an authenticity it was just like hey man we're, we're trying and we're hoping yeah. i can't definitively say that i have the belief exactly and i think everybody that you talk to um in that locker room they believe in justin fields i, I think they knew deep down about about everything with the, with the play calling, but you, you cannot say that and be on the team. You can't you can't throw your coach down the river. You can't throw Matt Nagy right because he's the he's the decision maker in this case. You know, you say something bad about him, even if you're thinking about it. Good luck. You know, you, you're on you're on the next one way ticket somewhere else. But um, you know, I think guys definitely were frustrated. You know, with, with the way everything was going, and I think after last game, I think I think they're they're, they're feeling like hey. Look at this. Look offensively what we did. Look at defense. Look when we get both of them together. Look, look what a great team we can be. And I think that's what's been missing for the Chicago Bears since since 85 was the balance of both. Right. And, and the offense doesn't have to be a game breaker. And that's how in 85. Right. They ran the football. You know, Jim McMahon didn't turn the ball over. He passed the ball when needed. You relied on your workhorse and Walter Payton. You played great defense. And that's the recipe for success. And that's how the Bears are going to be. But I think it's going to be really interesting to see once they can open up that passing package, you know, with the talented receivers that we have, you know, Allen Robinson. I mean, that's that's an absolute game break. Then Darnell Mooney having his come out breaking out game. Uh, it was unbelievable to see. And then Cole Komet, he still he still really hasn't come to his own yet. You know, and it's going to be fun to watch when they have a spot for him. I think I think as the season goes on, when we get in that red zone, remember the year before Jimmy Graham was that guy. I you could already see just based on how many plays they're in there for Cole Komet is going to be that guy when they come in the red zone and every team that's successful has that great red zone threat. Right. And look at Oakland, how they have Waller in there. He's great red zone threat. And I think, you know, Cole Komet isn't the same type of athlete like Waller, but in that red zone, he's a big body, you know, he's athletic. He can use his body in there and it's going to come down to, you know, when you can run some of those RPOs, and, and they're having that extra linebacker have tabs on Justin Fields opens up Cole Komet in the end zone. So I think we're going to see that as the season goes on, that that relationship between them develop in the red zone because every quarterback loves a great tight end in that red zone. Great tease, Corey, because Cole Komet just might be coming up just in a little bit in this podcast. When we get to our matchups, my friend, and my, maybe my final button on this too as well is let's keep in mind, guys, that the season is long. A lot can happen. I never wish for injury upon anyone, but as we've seen with David Montgomery, you have to be able to roll with the punches when guys do get banged up a little bit. Just keep in mind, Bears fans, that when it comes to backups, I think Andy Dalton is a superb backup, right? I think he's a guy that if if he has to be brought in in a game situation, whether it is mid-game or maybe he has to start for a game or two at some point, which I'm really hoping doesn't happen if it does, I think we're in still a really good position to hopefully maybe steal a couple of games when that dire situation has to come into play. Corey, um, I do want to ask you one more news and notes of the day. Mm-hmm. Chicago Bears made a trade. Um, Chicago Bears made a trade. Like the sixth-round like pick for Jakeem Grant. Uh, just a quick little bio on him. He is the kick returner, punt returner, speedster from the Miami Dolphins. 2019 recently signed an extension with them for $19.7 million. He's got five career return recept- uh, touchdowns. Chicago loves watching those punt return or kick return touchdowns. We love that here in Chicago. Talk about him, what he brings to the table, and do you like the move? I love the move. You know, you can never have enough explosive athletes out there. He's an explosive athlete in the return game. You talked about it. He has five total return TDs out there. And then offense, he could help out if need be. You know, you can never have enough weapons out there. I love the move. He has the experience. I'm really surprised Miami let him go. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe him house someone in his debut. That, w- that would be a great surprise and, you know, <laughs> great pickup right there. Yeah, I think in general, you know, we've been waiting a little bit for – we haven't seen a special teams play in quite a while. You know, Cairo Santos has had a quiet season so far. That third yeah. phase of the game that Mag- Nagy hinted towards in his press conference last year, this just bolsters that outfit. And 
kind of a follow-up question. Glenn Milburn, you played with Devin Hester. Now we got Jakeem Grant returning kicks. Does this also probably mean a heavier workload for Cleo Herbert this week? Is that move kind of sort of in tandem with what you see? Oh. And do you think maybe yeah. Jakeem Grant on those jet sweeps instead of Marquise Goodwin now? Maybe we'll see a little bit of that? Yeah, I would love to see that out there because he's an explosive athlete. But I think that's that's why, you know, Khalil Herbert's going to get more of the workload. You know, it seemed like in the last game, they kind of wanted to get the balance between Montgomery and Williams in there. So it's going to be the same this week with Williams and Herbert. So it'd be a good opportunity for him to showcase what he can do with Khalil Herbert, that is, this weekend. Like I said, they're going to be a run-dominant team because they saw the success you know, when Laser was calling it that way and just how more comfortable and how well the offense flows. So I think we're going to continue to see that trend. And then there's going to, then there's going to see where where stuff starts to balance out. But you you look at last week when they, when they played the Chargers, you know, the Las Vegas, that is such a, such a well-called game. When you talk about, you know, balance in there, they they threw the ball, uh, you know, the Chargers, that is 39 times and they ran the ball 34 times. So that's great balance in there. And they were able to really capitalize on those matchups. You know, Austin Eckler went off. He had almost eight yards of carry. You know, as a team, they rushed for almost five yards a pop. So if the Bears can can do that this week, they've shown that they're vulnerable out there. You know, Oakland, you know, they have Rod Marinelli there, who I coach, right? He's a guy that that really loves to, you know, have his rushers get, at, get after people, right? They play the run at all, but I think he puts an extra emphasis on that pass rush. So I think they can be exploited there with some screens, some draws. Mm. We'd love to see some of that in there, you know, because I think Laser's thinking about it. He's like, okay, Marinelli, I know he really teaches you, get off the ball, get off the ball, and use that to, to the Bears' advantage. Yeah, I think misdirection is going to be huge, and you just throw Jakeem Grant into a bin now with, yeah, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Demir Bird, who we haven't seen a lot of, but Marquise Goodwin. Mm-hmm. There is some real speed going on out there, plus with the heavy set up front. And this probably just opens up the first category of, you know, key matchups to a victory against the Raiders in week five in Las Vegas. Corey, you know, dive in, man. What What's the probably the main focus that you think the Bears need to be, you know, keying in on right now if they want to come out with a win this week? I think it comes down to, to the rushing battle. You know, that's what I thought last week against against the Lions, and I thought the Bears did a great job of that. But I think it's going to come down to the running back position. I think it's going to be the Williams, Herbert versus, you know, Josh Jacobs, uh, Peyton Barber, you know, kind of kind of those those two against each other. I think it's who who's going to run the football better, right? It comes down to them and obviously the O-line, you know, producing the holes for them. But I think it's going to be the battle of the running game. And, and you just look at last week how much better the Bears offense was when you got the run game going. You know, you were able to keep the defense off balance, right? And you look you look at how San Diego really attacked Las Vegas, right? I talked about that balance in the offense with, with the Chargers, and it started with that running game, right? Herbert was able to be comfortable in the pocket. You know, they were, they were able to really take some of those hard play action. It looked just like last week, you know, the Lions and Bears. So I see a lot of similarities, and I think this game is is playing into the favor of the Bears, especially after last week. They they showed the same game plan that San Diego had against Las Vegas. So if the Bears can execute that, and it starts with the running game. And I think, like I said from the beginning, the O-line, they are catered to, to be road graders in there. Jason Peters, great job run blocking. Afadi was out there manhandling people. You know, some of the blocks, he really set the edge out there. Um, it was unbelievable to see. So I think setting the tone early on, you know, with, with, with the run game, the O-line, being able to move them back, right? And then the misdirection, right? In situations where you can get them off balance, right? In, instead of, you know, you think a drop back pass, throw, throw the ends by, create that, that lane for that draw or a screen, you know, a tight end screen to Cole Komet, you know, one of those type of plays. Yeah. So it'd be great to see, you know, Laser really expand that package against, like I said, Brian Marinelli really likes to t- teach that front to get off the football, you know, really anticipate that snap count, maybe use some hard counts in this situation, right? Because playing for Marinelli, that's what he always stresses, right? He doesn't want people to go off off sides, but when you're stressing people to anticipate, you know, really get off the football, use that to their advantage, right? Go on two, go on three. So it'd be interesting to see this week if, if we get some offsides penalties on them, right? I'm hoping that they... They allow him to do that because once you get one of the defensive guys off sides, then you have him thinking the whole time, you know, then he's, then he's, then he's not trying to anticipate that snap count. And then you got him. It, it buys a Fadi and Jason Peters extra time. Right. So it, it, 
I think I think we need we need some hard counts this week. You know, some of those Aaron Rodgers. You know, go on, go on five. You know, hut, hut. Yeah. oh, he's gonna go right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and get get him to go off off sides and then take a shot deep. You know, every every team's got to do that from time to time. You got to you got to keep them honest. You know, you got to keep those rushers honest because they're always trying to jump the count. You know, when I played, I would try to jump the count as much as I can. You know, you. You, you try to listen, you try to listen to what the count is. You try to listen to everything, you know, you try to anticipate stuff and sometimes they'll get you on it, you know, but most of the time, you know, Hey, you know, you, you, you kind of, you kind of get in the rhythm and, and the feeling of stuff. And most of the time, the younger guys, they always go on one. I don't know, whatever it is. Maybe they're just <laughs> thinking too much about like everything they have to do. Yeah. And they're like, okay, but the older guys, the veteran guys, oh, they're going two, three, four, and they'll really get you. Yeah, that's a game within a game, right? And in terms of in terms of going, you know, on snap, man, I you know, the Steelers blocking that field goal against the Packers last week and they come for that offsides. I mean, that was like as bang bang as it gets, and that totally like flipped the game, right? I mean, that was like a ten exactly. point swing. On top of that, I love that you brought up Rod Marinelli. I just love watching those lifers out there, right? Like the Dick LeBeaus, the guys that are yeah. like Rod Marinelli is what is on his like 10th team, but he's like still getting it done, still making it happen. And you're bringing up a great key matchup too, because I had this written down as well where, and hopefully we don't have to deal with this because Matt, uh, Bill Lazor is the one who's going to be calling the plays, but patience and belief in what you're saying, you know, Dave Montgomery I'm starting to believe holds a lot of respect in that locker room. And I think he holds a lot of respect with Justin Fields. And you illustrated it last week when we talked about, you know, maybe Justin Fields isn't doing those keepers a little bit because he just feels like putting the ball in David Montgomery's hands is the most positive outcome that can happen. Now that he's not there, if we at all maybe struggle a little bit, Damian Williams, may, you know, if he plays but is compromised, if it is the rookie, I hope we stick with that 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 belief, that patience. Don't ditch the running game. Because maybe it's not working right away. You got to keep hammering it. You got to keep doing it. And again, it's about building that Bears offense identity. And this is a great week to do that. Follow up just real quick to your matchup. Uh, who scares you more, Josh Jacobs, Peyton Barber, or Kenyon Drake? I think I think Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, I know he's been banged up this season. It was his first game back last week, but he's he's, he's a game breaker in there. And uh, they they had trouble against him when they played him in London a few years ago. Um, you know, he's yeah. he's an absolute beast in there. And, you know, I think he's still recovering from that injury, so he might not be quite 100 percent. But if he gets going, um, you know, it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough to watch. But look at the Bears, even, even last week against the Lions. I, th I feel like this whole season they've really struggled defensively, really stopping that run. And that used to be, you know, one of their best traits defensively. So this week we, we have to see the run stopped right away, you know, because you I'm just looking, you know, at, at the tape of the Chargers versus, versus the the Raiders last week and they really got after him. They, they stuffed the run, you know, Jacobs and company weren't able to do much. They held him to 40 yards rushing. And then they were really able to get after Derek Carr because Derek Carr has been hot this season before this last game. I mean, he's looked really well, the game planning, just his efficiency. Um, he's, he's, he's look, he's looked. this is, in my opinion, this has been one of his best starts to date, you know, and, the, the Bears defense really has to stop the run. That, that's what it comes down to. Because every game, you see those those gouging runs at times that you're like, oh, and it's and it's just a momentum killer, right? And and it gives it gives them some momentum offensively, and it gets gives them a chance to mix up that play action pass, right? And and the big thing last week was Jared Goff holding that ball, right? I thought I thought you know Robert Quinn and Mac at times were great with the rushes, but there was too many times in, in third and long situations where. Jared Goff was pumping that football, you know, in a situation, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, my next matchup is, is, is Sean Desai against John Gruden, you know, <laughs> that, that brings in a great matchup right there because Desai, I feel like has done a pretty good job with the exception of in those critical third and medium to long situations, dialing up that blitz, right? I, I know he's comfortable with the, the front four rush, but there was a times in the Browns game, and then last week against the Lions, where, like I said, Jared Goff is holding that ball, taking his time, and he has six seconds to complete a ball that should should be out in three seconds. So, you know, look at when he brought Roquan Smith in there, one-on-one -on, -one on the running back. And then, you know, look look where he brought the safety up on that blitz, then the text, text game with Khalil Mack when he came yeah. home for the sack. 
that's what we need more of. You know, I think that's a situation where, hey, sometimes you just got to dial it up and you can't just worry, oh, we just got to go straight rush. You got to run some games. You got to bring, you know, you got to bring Roquan Smith. You got to bring a safety, you know, you got to bring a cornerback blitz. You, you have to disguise it and you have to confuse them and you got to give them pressure because Derek Carr has shown every year of his career, when you are able to get in his face and pressure him, he folds. And not every quarterback can have pressure in his face. Not every quarterback can get hit, you know, and, and sacked and still come back and have that confidence to keep going. And I think this is a game that if they can get after Derek Carr, they really stuff that run, like really put an emphasis this week on, hey, gap, gap discipline. I think that's what really what it comes down to with the Bears defensive line is gap discipline. Because at times you're seeing their peeking inside, peeking inside, your gaps out there, you know, stay here, right? When, when the ball commits, then you shed them. Yeah. A lot of times they're peeking, you know, they used to say like, oh, you're, you're trying to look over. No, you control your blocker. And then when the ball declares, then you shed. We see too much of them peeking and doing the job of somebody else, right? Everybody has a gap. Everybody has a job. And the Bears defense, they haven't been executing that in the run game. So they, they need to do a better job of that. And I think it comes with gap discipline and just staying true to your assignment. That's some great stuff right there. And, you know, keep in mind, you know, the bright spot is the Bears are tied from the NFL right now with 14 sacks. But I think what you're getting at right now is I think it's more that we'll call, they call it inside baseball, but we're going to call this inside football in this particular situation because that's what I saw with Derek Carr last week was once once the heat started getting in his face a little bit, he wasn't able to just toss the ball up to Henry Ruggs and whatever. They weren't able to do what they wanted to do. Their offensive line, it's been a massive turnover in the offseason. I think this is a matchup that the Bears can definitely take advantage of. And like you're saying, in those moments when it's third and medium, third and long, the advantage is for the defense. Yeah, dial that up. The advantage is for the defense there. That isn't a moment when a quarterback should be able to stand back there for five seconds and figure out what he does and what he – he should be terrified to be like, if I don't see my first or second look, I either got to throw it away or I got to bounce out. You know, thinking of all these different scenarios because they're bringing it in, they're bringing the heat coming. I think the Bears did okay against the Bengals with the run. Rams didn't even run the ball, you know, a lot at all, but they didn't really get that pass rush either. And then the Lions was a little bit more on the disappointing side. And you're right, man. Over the yeah. years, even when our defense is bad, we can still hang our hat and stop in the run. I want to ask you another question real quick. What do you do with Darren Waller? I mean, the dude's amazing. I, I mean, amazing to me, to the novice. He seems to be pretty unguardable. In your opinion, you know, what do you do? How do you game plan? How do you scheme to maybe not stop him, but maybe try it and contain him? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's a situation where you always you always put one defender on him, you know, whether whether he's off the line or not, you have somebody close on him and you try to irritate him, you try to bump him, you know, anytime he catches the ball. But, you but who is it. that? It, it's not Roquan, right? Like you put a nickel on no, him? No, no. Yeah, is that like a Deion yeah, Bush you put, you put, Kelly kind of thing? Yeah, you put you put like a like a Deion Bush on him and you just you just annoy him. I mean, that's the that's the biggest thing you can do with a guy like that because he's used to, you know, playing off the line of scrimmage, so he has some space to get off the ball. But, and he's a bigger guy, but I think you just try to fluster him. Any chance you could hit him when he gets his hands on the ball, you hit him, you, you gang tackle him. I think that's a situation where last week I thought they did a great job because when we were talking about the key matchups and key players to worry about, right, we – TJ Hawkinson, right, that was, that was number one for the Lions, right? And I thought they did a great job of stopping him Agreed. because they're very similar. Waller is a little bit better athlete than Hawkinson in, in my opinion. But Hawkinson is that same type of player for them. Like, he's their game breaker. He's the one that they're trying to, to look for. And they split him out just, just like Hawkinson, right? Hawkinson last year, he was a little bit more on the line at times. This year, they, he kind of looked like he trimmed down, and they're like, hey, we're going to spread you out. You're going to play some X. You're going to play some Y. You know, you're going to play some Z. He's kind of playing all over. And I think Waller is that same type of player. So I thought that they did a great job, you know, uh, re really keeping him at tabs, Hawkinson, that is. And I'm hoping they can do the same with, with Waller because, you know, when, when he really gets going, that is a, that is a tough matchup. But you just got to fluster a guy like that early on. You got to hit him. And, you know, mo most of these receivers and tight ends, you know, they, they're kind of prima donnas in certain, certain things. They don't like to get hit. You know, I, it's, it's not the old give school it to him, type Corey. of tight end. Give those, give those, you know, give those offensive no. players some guff, man. Yeah. It, it, exactly. You know, those those tight ends, they want to catch the ball. They don't want to block. They don't want to, they don't want to get gritty over Stop there. The so, you know, like I, I think a situation, yeah, where, where if Roquan has a chance to hit him across the middle legally, you uh -huh. make him feel it, right? 
every chance you got on a guy like that, you can make him feel it, you know, and, and then they're going to think twice, you know, a couple of times Hawkinson had some alligator arms up there on, on Sunday. Yeah. Bush felt, was like felt the hits. Yeah, exactly. So I think Bush needs to channel that this week. And I think if you can stop a guy like Waller, um, I think they could be pretty successful, but you know, they have some, some other weapons over there and, you know, to, to get back into my point about the game plan, I think John Gruden is looking at how can I do things better this week, right? Getting the run game going, right? I, I got an absolute beast in, in Josh Jacobs. How am I going to get him going, right? Because we saw how things worked out last week against the Chargers, right? We weren't able to, to mix and match that run and, and pass like we did in the weeks prior. And, it's, and it started with the run game. They, they just really couldn't get things going. And I think this week he's going to make an effort. He's going to say, because everybody's been saying the Bears defense is great. They get turnovers, they get sacks, um, but we can exploit them. In, in our in our running game and I think they're looking at that and they're looking at the gap discipline and they're looking at some how you can keep them off balance right how you know Cleveland had a great plan with that remember I talked about the screen the draws you know that's that's the plan um that I think Rudin is, is going to try to go after he, he he's a great offensive mind he's going to look at that game and say yep I've, I've seen this we're going to do this against the Bears and that's how they're going to try to attack them right because the Bears were able to come home Against the Browns, you know, they had four sacks, but it was a game that defensively they really didn't play that well. You know, it was, it was, they, they couldn't get off in certain situations. Baker missed some throws. We got kind of lucky there. Exactly. And then, yeah, we couldn't get exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I think, I think Gruden is going to try to exploit the running game. You know, I think that's, that's been the main weakness for the Bears defense. And it, like you said, it's so surprising because that's never been an issue for them, you know? Um, so, yeah, I'm just hoping they can sure up that running game you know and and that that's that's the key i think this week to to getting a win and playing well defensively because we haven't seen that rush defense the way we know it yeah that's a that's a great call because the light bulb's kind of going off in my head right now where if you're a veteran coach like john gruden and you just kind of had you, you know your season's been rolling pretty good and then you have that game against the Chargers where it was a little bit of a jailbreak. You know, your quarterback got banged up a little bit, weren't able to do the things that you want to do. How do you get back to basics against a rookie quarterback? Now, Bears fans, we can say whatever we want about Justin Fields, but a veteran head coach has got to be saying, if I can control the run game, the probability of a rookie quarterback making a mistake is a higher probability than me trying to go out there and just blow their doors off, right? So maybe it is exactly. kind of a little bit of a sit and wait situation on their end, get back to the basics, get Derek Carr comfortable again. If he gets comfortable in this game, then we can do, you know, Henry Ruggs. We can try and do Brian Edwards and all that stuff. Hunter Renfro down the middle, all that kind of business. Yeah. So that's a really great perspective. Um, we're talking about tight ends, so I kind of want to dip into one of my keys just real quick. And you teased it earlier in the pod. It's our tight ends. Um, and if you pull up the stats so far, this isn't just about a copycat league, but sometimes, you know, as you mentioned, certain defenses can be exploited in different ways. And if you look through the first four games this season, Raiders, uh, their Raiders opponents have targeted the Raiders defense from the tight end position 7.75 times a game. So almost eight targets a game from no matter who the team is, is being targeted against this Raiders defense. I think the Bears need to do the exact same thing. You had mentioned very briefly about misdirect and maybe a tight end screen. I wouldn't even mind maybe, you know, let's see if Jimmy Graham's got the wheels to run a little wheel route real quick, maybe on a misdirection, get him one-on-one. -on -one. I just think that it's going to be a part of their the Raiders' defense that we can exploit. I think it's been a long time coming. And look, I think at this point with Justin Fields as we move forward, we want to keep going with Darnell Mooney. We want to get Allen Robinson involved. But again, for me, maybe this matchup is just called diversify your portfolio a little bit. Start exactly. getting everyone a little bit of that piece of that pie. I think Cole Komet is a guy that can definitely help us. I think this is a matchup that pairs well with him, and I hope the Bears try and exploit it in this game. I love it. You, you're talking all that big boy language. You know, are you fi a financial advisor as well? Diversify yeah. the portfolio. <laughs> Maximize your investments, right? We got Alan Robinson. We got Darnell Mooney. We got you Cole want Komet. it up here, <laughs> not down here, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sell, sell. Yeah. No, but I, I, I love that. I think they, I think you're right. I think they need to get him more involved and, like I said, in that red zone situation, I think that's that's really where Cole Komet is, is going to be handy, you know. And then once we start getting some of those hard boots, that's where you have the great tight end in there. That's kind of always that intermediate to under route in there. That's yeah. the sure thing that can give you five to ten yards. And then 
you know, you set up another run and then a hard play action. So I think that's a good situation if they can get him involved because we, we need more from the tight end, you know, and it seems like Cole Komet is the guy. It seems like Jimmy Graham, you know, last year he was the guy, but now they're, they're, they, they, they want to see, you know, I think everybody wants to see what Cole Komet can do and, and why they drafted him where they did. Yeah, it's the heir apparent. I, I still think at some point we're going to see that Jimmy Graham jump ball in the red zone when we're on the three or four yard line. We just really haven't been in those moments yet. So I'm right there with you. It's Cole Komet's time. And I really hope that they can move that into the game plan a little bit. Uh, Corey, throw us another key. What's another matchup? What's another ingredient for victory? Yeah, I, I think it comes down to, you know, stopping their receivers. They're, they're a talented group. I mean, they like to mix and match. Yeah, they're fast, too. I'm scared, you know, you, Corey. You, I'm scared. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, look, you look at, you know, most of those receivers have, you know, almost 300 yards each, you know, throughout the course of this season. So it just shows how, you know, Carr is able to get them each involved. And, you know, I, th- I think when it comes down to it, like stopping them, I don't think it's more about coverage. I think it's more about pressure. Right. I think I think that's that's the key, because when you make him uncomfortable, like I said, from the beginning, it makes everything harder for those receivers like Derek Carr in this game. He threw for one hundred and ninety six yards. Right. His lowest this season. And I think it showed because of the pressure like they had such a tough time against Bosa and company like they could not protect. And when you get Derek Carr uncomfortable. Right. It. It, it doesn't matter if they ran perfect routes, uh, routes out there, right? You know, rugs and, and Waller, if they're running perfect routes, it doesn't matter if you have pressure in your face. I mean, pressure cripples most quarterbacks. They're over there, they're nervous, they're panicked. The ball comes out quick. Like, look at last week, you know, that that fourth and fourth and one in the in the red zone, right? When Detroit was was driving at the end of the game. It wasn't even th- that much pressure in his face coming from here on the blitz. I think it was Roquan or a linebacker. And it was fourth and one. It was, should have been a routine throw. And Jared Goff just threw it to the ground because of that illusion of pressure. Yeah. I think Derek Carr is that, is that same type of player. And I think it comes down to the pressure. You know, ob- obviously, we have to be assignment disciplined. Like, couldn't, can't be like the Rams game where we gave up 14 just on some bad coverage. And I think they've, they've ironed out those wrinkles, and I think they're on the same page now. Ooh. You know, I think they're doing, doing a great job covering. And – I always said rushing cover works together. That's what, that's what Rob Marinelli had always taught us rushing cover. Right. And I think it starts with the rush that makes everything that much easier. And, and it's the same concept on offense. You run the football. So you make it easier for your quarterback. Same thing on defense, your rush game sets up your back half and people don't realize that because they go, Oh yeah, you still got to cover. You got to. But if the quarterback has all day, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to cover an athlete like Waller? You know, if you have six, seven seconds, you can't. And I don't think anybody can. I don't think that's fair to anybody. But it, it starts with that rush. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because uh, this that one particular area of their offense absolutely terrifies me uh, right now. You know, because they they every single game they will take that shot to rugs down the field. And my my follow up was going to be, you know, does Eddie Jackson need to have like the most like hard hat lunch pail game ever where he's yes. not in the box score, yes. but assignment execution needs to be like on point? Because as we've seen, once a play, once receivers get 20 yards down the field, we saw it with Jamar Chase and we too. Once yeah. they get 20 yards down the field, assignment execution has been a huge, huge problem. And it's almost just like Eddie Jackson, uh, you know, be seen and not be heard. Right. I mean, and that means you're doing your job this week, in my opinion. Exactly. I, I agree with you. And I, I think it comes down to angles. I think in, in this game, more so than other, I think it comes down to angles. And real, real quick, can I inter- interject real quick? Is that is that yeah, him yeah. is that him guessing or is that is that him trying to maybe read a play and then it ends himself he's outside a scheme? Like what what is it sometimes that makes a guy in the secondary have a bad angle? So in the uh, in the Rams game, uh that was the touchdown to Cooper Cup, I believe, or it was, it was one that of the one was wide that? open. And then, no, no, that was, uh, so who was the one to, uh, Van, Van uh, Jefferson, the hard play action? Yeah. Van, Van Jefferson is the early one. Yeah. 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 So that was, the, was that the one where he collided or no, that was at the end of the game. There was, there was a touchdown where he collided. <laughs> There's so many Corey. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so I don't remember who caught the touchdown pass, but there was a touchdown made, and Eddie Jackson just took an awful angle. And that's something that we've seen in a couple of games. You know, I thought he had a bounce back game against the Bengals. He was he was better about that, but you you can't take bad angles like that. Like it's 
in this league, he's too good of a player to take those bad angles. And, and sometimes, sometimes it's, you know, try, trying to do too much of something, you know, thinking about something. And who knows, it maybe could be a situation where the, the new rules really softens a player up in, in a sense, you know, where you're like, normally, hey, I'm going to come downhill and I'm going to knock the dude's block off. But at the same time, he may say, well, you know, if I come down at the angle, I know I'm probably going to hit him in the head and that's going to be a penalty and this is going to be. So it kind of changes guys how, how they attack, you know, a, a particular play. And I think that's what could be it because um, it, it, it just seemed off, you know, with some of his angles. And I was kind of like questioning myself. And I don't know if he's trying to make too much of a too much of a play on it or something like that. And it just seems like, yeah, something's just off and I can't I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, don't worry about making the big play. Just make, just be in the right spot is kind of what I think exactly. is going to be a little bit of the key for him in week five. And, and as you mentioned, if we're getting pressure up there, Derek Carr won't even have the opportunity to do that. I have one more key matchup, and then I want to hear if you got anything else on the board for you. Uh, my last one is just, you know, I'm kind of going, I'm kind of looking at second down on offense a little yep. bit. I want to talk down and distance with you just for a second where, look, everyone talks about like third down conversions, but look, Justin Fields is still a rookie quarterback when it's third and eight to third and 15 there's only a few select guys that have the ball in their hand the tom brady's the aaron Rodgers, the russell go on down the list patrick mahomes those are there's a rare group of guys that earn their way into that category of like hey i can get it done here don't put that on justin field's shoulders and conversely justin fields let's just say on first down man hand off to khalil herbert one or two yards second eight second and nine I think Justin Fields' decision-making on second down is going to be crucial, right, where depending on what we do, whether it is play action, whether it is an RPO, if he can make those right choices, maybe pick up those five or six yards with his legs or make that first read key to Cole Komet, turn those third, turn those second and longs into third and manageables because I believe Justin Fields can complete those throws and keep moving the chains. I'm just kind of looking at second down right now, especially – I'm just saying, you know, Dave Montgomery's out. I love Dave Montgomery. People have got to step up. I believe in the running game. But on those first downs, we might see some second and longs. I just want to see what Justin Fields does in those moments. No, I, I agree with you. I think second down is, is crucial. And uh, staying staying ahead of the down, you know, like yeah, you said, getting totally. in third and manageable, you know, third and short situations. And I think on second down, if, if you if you have a decent run in there, maybe getting him out on, on a hard boot, you know, where he can where he can stretch – you know, that corner and yeah. really challenge that defensive end or outside linebacker, wh whoever that might be, and give him the option where, hey, if Cole Komet or Darnell Mooney or Allen Robbins is open, you hit him. But if, if no one's there, run it, you know, and then you get in a situation yeah. where you're third and one or you have a first down there. So you give him the option one on one on a defensive end. And I said that from the beginning. I love that matchup. And that that's what makes him so unique. Right. You look at you look at a guy like Andy Dalton. It's not really that scary of him. Andy Dalton can run if, if need be, but that doesn't really scare you, right? He tried, he tried Corey, and now he's not the starter yeah. anymore. I'm sorry, Andy. That was a dig. That was but, a dig, but it's true. <laughs> but, yeah, defensive end is, isn't losing sleep over, over chasing Andy Dalton. I'm just, yeah. just being honest with you. Um, but Justin Fields, I mean, that's a nightmare matchup. And playing, playing for Rob Marinelli, I know this week he is changing the way these guys are rushing because when we played Aaron Rodgers, he always did that. You know, in that left defensive end, you know, he, he's telling him, hey, you you pick a point and you you hold contained. You do not let him outside, right? And and it's almost like a win as a rush. Like Marinelli thought it was a good rush when you just keep him contained. Even if you don't come home, even if he's holding the ball a little more because they're worried about the damage that they can do on the run and, you know, what what that can, you know, include down the field to, to a guy like Allen Robinson or Mooney Deep. Because when those plays break down, that is a nightmare for a defensive back. You know, you're asking him to cover for six, eight, ten seconds. And I, I don't care how talented you are, if you're Jalen Ramsey or Deion Sanders, you are not covering a wide receiver for ten seconds. That's that's not happening. So I know Marinelli, is that's his plan. You know, that left defensive end, Justin Fields' right side, he's really set, setting the edge over there. And that's how he's telling them. And I'm hoping they can exploit some of that, you know, with with maybe some of those draw plays in there where it really can open up things, that gap in between the guard and tackle that could really open up stuff right there. So I I'm, I'm excited for this because I, I think I think it's going to be a really good game by Justin Fields, because I think he has the confidence knowing that, hey, I, I, 
I know I can do this in this league. You know, I, 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 I now have a coordinator that trusts me and, and is, can game plan for me, you know, and excited. And, and yeah, he's excited to call for yeah, you. And he's going to put me in, in a position to succeed, you know, and I think Justin Fields looked at that film last week on some of those balls he should have pulled on those RPOs and he hits that corner and he's got 15, 20. So I think, I think they're going to see that. And just the illusion of that, like it's, it's a nightmare. I know, I know Oakland is, or Las Vegas rather. I'm so used to saying Oakland. It's um, okay. They're, they're, they're losing sleep. I, I know Marinelli and he is losing sleep over, over this matchup. Anytime we played a mobile quarterback, it frightened him, you know, and I know he's, he's thinking like, Hey, you know, we have to do this and this, this. So they're going to be very disciplined on what they do. This is a matter of us going out there and, and execute. Corey, uh, throw us a couple more matchups or what else you got? Empty the chamber on what you think is going to be key for the bears to win against the Raiders in week five. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's a particular matchup. I think it's just starting fast, you know, like they did last week. I think, I think it comes down to, you know, being able to score early, you know, on a first or second drive, yeah, which honestly, you know? just real quick, has been a really one of the strong points of this team so far, right? Exactly. I mean, look at right down the field against the Rams. Andy threw the pick in the red zone. Game two, Andy takes him down, touchdown. Game three, yep. Justin Fields still takes us down, and we kick a field goal. And then Detroit Lions, two touchdowns, first two possessions, man. I'm with you. Exactly. So starting fast, I, I think when when you start fast and if they get the ball first offensively, going down there with a score, I, get, I, I think it I think it just brings the confidence over there, especially for a young quarterback. And I, I think, you know, you get the de- defense reinvigorated, you get them excited, you get them going, and it just it just makes the team, you know, the spirit, the camaraderie, everything just just show out there. And and you know, I think I think the biggest thing I want to see is I, I want to see them take a shot. You know, in that first round, I'm talking about take a shot deep, like like they did. You know, I want I want to see like how they started out that second half against against the uh, Lions. You know, with the hard play action. You know, I want them to do a run play and then set up that hard play action and take a shot. I want to see a 30, 40 yard, 50 yard bomb. You know, take take a shot, keep them on that defense honest. Um, I feel like you have to, and and Justin Fields has the arm strength, and and the Bears we haven't had speed like this in in, in a while. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't I think I think this is one of the one of the fastest receiving cores I think that we've seen um, from top to bottom. Um, you know, and I know Devin Hester, you know, was there and was a receiver, but he was kind of like that in between, you know, playmaker. You know, Johnny Knox was an explosive guy. Um, you know, but but we we as a whole, we don't we didn't have the same speed. So I, I just think you got to take a shot early on and just keep them honest. And think about that, right? You do you do run the ball, you run the ball, and then you take a hard play action fake. I mean there'd be nothing better just to see a, a opening drive, long touchdown, you know, to Darnell Mooney, you know, Allen Robinson, Marquise Goodwin, you know, he's yeah. a game breaker. He's, a, he's in the Olympics. Like, come on. You know, I want to see them take a shot, you know, early on just to keep that defense honest. So start fast, get, get a score on the board defensively, the same thing, you know, really stop that run game. Cause they're, they're going to come after you with everything they, they know. They're going to come out with two tight ends. They're really going to try to, get Josh Jacobs going now that he's healthy and, you know, free up Derek Carr. Cause they show him that, yeah, when, when there's too much pressure on him, you know, when we can't get the run game going, it's, it's a nightmare for any quarterback because you can't mix and match. They know what you're going to do. You know, you have the offensive lineman in those obvious pass stances. So, you know, the, the chargers, you know, could gear up and pin their ears back for that rush. So they want to avoid that. So they're going to, really try to make an emphasis on there. So offensively, defensively, starting fast, getting the stops, getting the ball back to fields and controlling that clock, you know, and you don't, you know, sometimes it, it comes down to just sustaining, sustaining some drives. It doesn't necessarily mean a score every, every drive, but, you know, having, you know, two or three consecutive first downs and it keeps the defense fresh, you know, it, it gets some rhythm in there offensively and, it just it just makes for such a better because the Browns game that was that was tough for the defense you know and I thought they at times they did a pretty good job but when you have so many three and outs it gets tiring and you know the defense is is all in their head and then it becomes a thing where you you can't really stop anything and they keep you off balance yeah even if you don't score on the drive you get a couple first downs you're still making Derek Cargo eighty plus yards multiple times in a game to continue to score points keep stacking it on them like that in regards to the receivers yeah if you go look up the game logs you know the Raiders in terms of statistically they've done pretty well they're in the top half right now in terms of defending the wide receiver position but if you pull it up you're talking about that speed Corey 
Mar- Marquise Brown over 90 yards week one. Jalen Waddle was able to get 12 receptions, you know, did a little damage there. Deontay Johnson on the Steelers had a huge game against them. Keenan Allen didn't do much, but they were taking shots downfield, whether it was Mike Williams, whether it was, you know, they had a ton of guys that they were throwing at them at the exact same time. Yeah. So other teams have been trying to do this as well. I think the Bears had the speed to be able to execute and make that happen. So I love that call. And to be honest with you, as a Bears fan, I'd love to see that. Uh, that's something that we don't get spoiled with very often when the ball's in the air. Uh, majestically, and it lands right in the arms of Darnell Mooney for a 65-yard reception the way that they did last week. We don't see a lot of them around there in these parts, Corey. Uh, that doesn't happen, exactly. happen very often. Uh, before we get to our final score, I just want to throw some over-unders at you just real quick, just for fun. All right. Uh, coming back to his old stomping grounds, maybe not in the same city, but the same uh, decal on the helmet, over-under 1.5 sacks for Khalil Mack. I think over. I think I think he gets at least two in this game. I want two you know, I, 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 on a strip sack, right? I want to. St- yeah, I wanna, yeah, yeah. I want. I want. I want him to strip sack and then take it to the house himself. Just the Khalil Mack attack, return of the Mack, but yeah. not really the return because they're you know in Vegas now. But you know, yeah, I, I would love to see that. I think he'll get two sacks in this game. I think he's charged up. Over under one hundred and twenty point five rushing yards, team rushing yards for the Chicago Bears. Over. Yeah, I I, th- I think they're going to make a, a concerted effort to get that running game going. I think they saw the success last week, and I think Glazer's going to be patient because I think I don't think they're going to have the same success early on that they did. But remember, I talked about the running game. It's 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 almost like a war of attrition. You have to continue going. You know, you got you got to keep doing it. You got to you got to keep grinding it out. And then you know, in the third and fourth quarter, that's how you wear the teams down. You know, because then they get to a point where like, man, they're still running the football, and it's, it's just like a slow, it's just like, it's like those body shots, right? The body blows, you know, they, you're like, oh man, it's starting to hurt a little bit. And then all of a sudden something breaks down in defense and then you're able to have some of those gouging plays. So I think, I think it, that's how it's going to be. I think they'll end up with probably around 140 rushing yards as a team. I think Justin Fields will, will have a little bit more this time because like I talked about, he missed out on some of those plays, some of those RPOs, zone reads where he could have pulled the ball and gave you 15 or 20. So I think they're going to eye that. They're going to try to try to get that matchup. And who knows? I, I love last time how they had Montgomery in the, in the backfield as a quarterback. It gave it to Mooney. So, but I, I don't, I don't know if they'll do that same thing yeah. this week, you know, cause I, I think they, they trust David Montgomery. I don't think Williams has that same trust in running that play, but I think he's a explosive guy. And I think he's going to rise to the occasion because, Hey, David Montgomery is the guy in Chicago, but, but Williams, can can be a guy too, you know. That one-two punch was pretty fun to watch uh, last week against the Lions. So I think he's going to be charged up for his opportunity, you know, his first chance to start out there and and really showcase what he can do. So I, I I'm I'm excited for it. I liked uh, I like the Wildcat. Don't get me wrong. It's just that I think David Montgomery is the emergency, emergency, emergency quarterback that dresses on Sundays. So <laughs> I think that was Matt Nagy's like, I'm setting this up. Ooh boy, on Turkey Day, he's actually going to end up throwing a pass. We might have to wait for that uh, a little bit longer. And yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. I, I really am. If they do, if they commit to it and they keep giving it, as you mentioned, maybe those three yard runs that attrition starts to slowly get closer to four-yard runs, to 4.5-yard runs, so on and so forth. Uh, my final, down, baby. Yeah, my final over-under for you, then we're going to do final score. Justin Fields, 1.5 passing touchdowns. He has not thrown a passing touchdown yet in his NFL career. Does he get it this week in week five, and does he maybe get two? I think he gets three this week. Oh, final score teaser. Final score teaser, guys. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I think he gets three this week. And I just I just think they're going to they're going to eye that matchup against against the Chargers, how they played them. And I think there's a lot of similarities in in Justin Herbert, you know, and, and, you know, uh, Justin Fields. I I think I think they, they both have a strong arm. You know, Fields is obviously a better runner than him, but I think they're very poised in the pocket and look at the game laser's going to look at that game plan and, and how they really attacked them setting up that run game and they were just able to have so much balance in the offense we saw a little preview against the lions but i think they're, they're really going to open it up and say look at how this guy was throwing the ball because everybody had said oh the plays the passes rather beyond 10 yards were non-existent in the bears for a long time right and this last game look how many passes 
beyond 10, beyond 15, beyond 20 yards in that game. It was fun to watch. So I think, you know, once they can set that run game up, even if it's not the same eight, nine, 10 yard runs, you know, you have four or five yard runs, three yard runs, it's going to wear on them. It's going to open up that play action. And I think this is a game where, where Justin Fields has his coming out party because I, I think the time is due. And, and early on looking at this matchup, it, it scared me. It definitely did. But I think the Chargers showed, you know, how, how you print. You know? Yeah. 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 They showed you the blueprint and I'm not talking about Jay-Z. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh boy. The, my high school romance, uh, a little bit of that blueprint uh, way back in the day at some parties. I'll say that much. Um, uh, Bears fans are dying to know, man, uh, you're teasing it. Go right into it. What's your final score? Bears Raiders week five. You know, I, th- I think it's a game where I think the Bears score at least four touchdowns. Um, so that, that'll give you 28. And then I think, they have a field goal in there too. So I think it's going to be a 31 to 20, 21 game somewhere around there. I had 30, know, 30 to 23. I, okay. I, so we're, we're, I, I, we're, I, we're very, yeah. Three touchdowns, three field goals. The 23 for the Raiders is I think two touchdowns and, and three field goals. Uh, yeah. The bears have been bend don't break. I think they're going to continue to give up yards in some sort of fashion. Hopefully it's not too, yeah. Too much of a gash when it does happen, um, but I, they've been pretty good about stiffening up in those moments. Yeah. And I think that pass rush yeah. also will kind of knock them back and have them kick some field goals. We got both scoring thirty, go. Corey. Let's go. Yeah, 30, 31-20. I think it'll be two touchdowns by the Raiders, and then I think they'll have two field goals as well. So that'll that'll give you the twenty. But I think Justin Fields has his coming out party this week. Um, you know, I think. I think he'll be under 300 yards passing, but I think he'll have three touchdowns. You know, I think they're going to get in the red zone and they're cold. I think one might be the Cole Komet. Then I think another might be to Allen Robinson. And then I think there's, there's going to be a game breaking touchdown. One of those deep ones when they take a shot. And I think my man, Darnell Mooney, that's going to be him. So I think, I think that's the recipe for the touchdowns right there. I think Justin Fields really going to come into his own this week and, and really showcase what he can do. You know, I think he's going to be better running the football as well. And it's going to be fun to watch when when everything with him and this offense comes together. I mean, it's it's going to be something where everybody tunes in and they're going to start flexing these games. They're going to give them another Sunday night game. I, I'm I'm really excited about this, and I think every fan, whether you're a Chicago Bear fan or not, is excited to see Justin Fields and going to see his growth this season. Corey, you got me excited, man. I want this game to happen right now, dude. And I hope the listeners feel exactly the same way. Yeah, I'm going to go Cole Komet touchdown. I'm with you on, I think, you know, maybe in the 250-ish area, all-purpose yards for Justin Fields. I think maybe this week he does get in that 30 to 40 rushing yard category and stays in, like, the low 200s. But, again, those things don't care about numbers, guys. Just care about what those numbers do in those moments. So if it's a Darnell Mooney 75-yard touchdown – and it's huge, and he only, you know what I mean, only gets 210 yards. I mean, those things are effective, and Justin Fields has already shown you don't need to throw a ton of passes to be making huge dynamic plays out there on the field. This is our Bears Raiders Week 5 preview. Corey, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. They've been partnering up with Believe in Bears and other podcasts on the Believe Podcast Network all season long. Definitely make sure you check it out because they're just trying to help you set you up to win some money. Corey, uh, Joey Sports Guide, Instagram, Twitter, Corey Wooten, C-O-R-E-Y, W-O-O-T-T-O-N, two O's, two T's. Those are our socials. Corey, man, take us home. Great preview episode, man. We're ready to get it. And everyone, make sure you come on back because on Monday we're going to be doing a post game for Bears Raiders and hopefully a victory post game. Man, I'm excited for this game. Like, like I know the fans are, like you are. Excited to see Justin Fields' growth in this. Um, you know, we're going to break this down on Monday. I think we're going to have a lot of good things to say. I think they're going to, I think they're going to listen to the podcast. I think they're going to take everything we said and put it in the game plan. They're going to say, "Yep, Corey and Joey told us so." And uh, you guys are going to see that we know exactly what we're talking about. And, uh, yeah, you can tune in on Monday to just to see the game plan executed the way we want to because we called it the week before and uh, we saw what must happen. And 
we know what's going to happen this week. So we're, you might as well call us not Nostradamus. So you know, <laughs> we, we know how to call him. <laughs> Shout out to Bill Laser right now, listening to our pod, probably eating a sandwich. You can do gluten-free bread, Bill. It's just, it'll taste just the same, and you can still enjoy all the delicious mayo and mustard on it. That's just my call out there to Bill Laser, who's listening right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for checking out this pod, everyone. Make sure you like and subscribe. Tell some friends, bring it into the circle here. Corey's been giving some great perspectives and insights all season long. And guess what? To this point, he's been pretty damn right the whole damn time. So this is the spot that you need to be in to check out all your Bears information. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, this weekend, Bear Down. And go White Sox. I said it. (laughs) Go White Sox. Let's do it. Change the game. Let's go. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.